0: It's out with the old, in with the new, as we are full speed ahead this transfer season for the Hoosiers. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into what is going to be a jam packed. Episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics. We are doing this live on Wednesday night. I didn't plan on doing this, but boy, there there was no slowing down with the transfer news. So figured we could go live, maybe get some questions, and just hash all this out because it was a busy Wednesday for the Hoosiers. Started off with the news of Peyton Spark's commitment to Indiana. Ended with, well, presumably ended as I'm recording this. The latest news is that Jordan Geronimo entered the transfer portal. In between was a whole host of stuff for the men's and women's team from Caleb Love to Kadrian Shedrick to Keondra Brown. We're gonna talk all of that in today's episode. Let's start at the beginning, as I said, uh Peyton Sparks announces his commitment to IU, surprising only in, um, we'll talk about it later, but he's not the only big man the Hoosiers are after. Outside of that, though, we mentioned this in previous episodes discussing him. This was someone that grew up an IU fan. IU was his dream school, as he said uh, in interviews on Wednesday, this is where he wanted to go. He took an unofficial visit to IU uh, kind of during the recruiting process, but he was never offered. And look, kudos to him because this kind of shows a new kind of pathway to getting to that quote-unquote dream school. If you want to play at an IU, just because you're not recruited there out of high school doesn't mean that path is closed anymore. He went to ball state played two seasons, uh, for the Cardinals proved himself. He was the freshman of the year in the conference in the Mac, his first season, second team, all conference, his second season and earns his way into onto I use radar basically. And, uh, he enters the transfer portal, took his visit to Bloomington on Monday, uh, said that he slept on it, wanted to make sure this is what he wanted, made his commitment to go to Bloomington. So that was big for Indiana, literally figuratively just landing someone who, uh, can help provide some of that depth in the middle of the floor, six, 240 pounds. We're going to do more of a deep dive discussing just his fit with, the Hoosiers, there was way too much to that happened today to really go too deep on landing uh, Sparks, but there'll be a lot of time in the offseason to look more deeply into it. One thing that really jumped out to me, looking at some of his advanced numbers, uh, someone that is really good um, offensively and certainly can provide a lot there and you, one number that jumped out He draws fouls at an incredible rate. Uh, According to Ken Palm, he draws 6.8 fouls per 40 minutes, which is the 16th best rate in all of college basketball. His free throw rate of 87.1% is the third best rate in all of college basketball last season. And he was doing that last year as well. This is someone that is super active, super energetic, is going to force other teams to play defense, someone that can draw some fouls and and be that energetic big man off the bench. So there is certainly a role for him with the Hoosiers this upcoming season. How big of a role is it? We're going to find out. We'll talk about the fact that they're still recruiting Caden Shedrick uh, here in a little bit, but certainly someone that is going to have, I think, a role for Indiana uh, this upcoming season the other news big news on Wednesday was about Jordan Geronimo when we said earlier in the week or it might have been last week that there were two names that were probably going to be entering the transfer portal it was Tamar Bates who did it on Tuesday Jordan Geronimo who did it on Wednesday I, I don't think either move was surprising especially how things were playing out at the end of the year especially for John Geronimo. Uh, he came in with a lot of expectation. He ended last year with as excitingly as you could almost, he was important in the big 10 tournament. I thought was enormous in that game against Wyoming. He was, IU's second best player on a, a night when so few people showed up Jordan Geronimo absolutely did had 15 points in that game. I think three, two or three put back dunks in that game. Uh, Seven rebounds, and then I I played as well as anyone did in that St. Mary's game, all things considered. He came in with a lot of expectations, and there was a lot of talk about him coming into the season. Was he going to be a three? Was he going to be a four if he improves his three point uh, shot? How many minutes could he see? A lot of just kind of questions. As the year went on, though, uh, his playing time dwindled. And it was an issue it was an issue off and on throughout the year defense just wasn't there I mean like Tamar Bates uh he had all the chances to make an impact this year and he just didn't there were moments similar to Bates where he played well unlike Tamar Bates, I think injuries did play a role in him uh, struggling this year especially at the end of the year he was dealing with various injuries throughout. I know he had an injured finger at one point around the holidays, and uh, just various types of injuries kept him sidelined. I would also say, unlike Tamar Bates, he did not make a jump defensively. That would have gotten him playing time on the floor. Look, the, the matter of the fact is that Mike Woodson is going to play guys who can hang on the defensive end of the floor. We saw with Tamar Bates, your offense can be almost literally non-existent, but if you can hang defensively, you'll get minutes. There were way too many times Jordan Geronimo made, I guess, questionable decisions defensively, helping one pass away, helping when it, it didn't need to, overhelping, losing his man, things like that. It was just a litany of things. He struggled on that end of the floor, and his minutes dwindled. I mean, you can look... Uh, he played well in that Wisconsin game at home. It was his best game of the season. His only double double of the season. He followed it up playing well at Illinois. Uh, he scored thirteen points in that game, and then over the final ten games he played this season, he scored eleven points. He wasn't playing hardly at all. He averaged seven minutes of a uh, seven minutes per game, and. A lot of those came. He played 21 minutes against Michigan. Uh, I think race might've been injured in that one, or he did. That might've been a game. He didn't suit up. Uh, but regardless, he played 21 minutes there, 13 minutes against Michigan state and didn't crack double digits. The rest of the way he didn't play against Penn state in the big 10 tournament. He didn't play against Miami. Kayla banks was getting minutes over him. And I think once we saw, at least for me, once I saw Kayla banks getting minutes against Miami over Jordan Geronimo, that felt like the writing was on the wall that he he was not coming back next season, and it, it's disappointing as much as it was with Tamar Bates. Both these guys were players that I think fans, IU itself, had high hopes for, and it just they just couldn't get it figured out this season. I again like to, like I said with Tamar on yesterday's episode, I would not be surprised if he goes somewhere and makes a big impact next season. Uh, He just seems like one of those guys that when it clicks, he could really be an important player to a team. He was at times for IU, but it, it just never consistently clicked for him. And the end result is him transferring. Wish him all the best. Same with Tamar Bates. If you guys have any questions, put them in the comments below or your thoughts on Geronimo Bates, uh, Peyton Sparks, anything that happened today, we got. We'll we'll talk about Caleb Love and uh, Shedrick as well here in just a moment. While you guys are, are putting those questions down below, let's talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. The t- tournament is heating up. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Uh, If your first bet doesn't win, you can try to bet on the um, Final Four this weekend. If you get it wrong in the the semifinals, you'll get some bonus bets for the championship game. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash on. sign up today to claim that no-sweat first bet. Uh, that is up to $1,000. No sweat first bet when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Big thanks to you guys um, for making us your first listen today. And for joining us on this YouTube live stream. Make sure you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube if you're here for the first time. Uh, and we'll try to do this a little bit more regularly, maybe through the transfer season, if we get some some big transfers, which could be on the cards in the coming days. Uh, Tony says Bates and Geronimo were consistently inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much describes him. There wasn't much you could rely upon from them, and you saw by the end of the season in that Miami game and really – from maybe the Purdue game on uh very late in the season the bench was down to about seven guys Bates was in there as we said because of his defense Geronimo was not and um it, i again i think that was riding on the wall he could not get on the court in the games that mattered the most the must win games for Indiana it was it, it was disappointing to see that happen uh, something we I haven't talked about, and a good point from Damon, we can offer a lot of NIL to new transfers coming in, meaning we'll get some notable names uh, with TJD and Jalen most likely being gone. That clears up a lot of NIL money. Race Thompson was making a lot of NIL money too. Him and uh, Trace were both making six figures last year. So there is a lot of NIL money to be had. That is a very good point. One name that could be getting a lot of that NIL money is Caleb Love. We talked about him, I believe, on Monday's episode. Earlier this week, we did about whether there would be interest there. Uh, it was speculation, and it was what I thought was informed speculation, which turned out to be true. Jeff Rabjon's over at Peagues reported on Wednesday afternoon that IU had reached out to Caleb Love, and there was mutual interest there uh, from his father. He had some quotes in there. It's behind a paywall, so I won't reveal too much. But uh, his father said IU was one of his top schools during Caleb's recruitment, and he was also one of Caleb's. There's interest there, and maybe a a good amount of interest. And as Damon said, a good amount of NIL money, which matters in today's game. Uh, There is a lot of money to be spent, and this is one of the biggest names out there. There are questions about his fit. We discussed those a little more at length in that episode um, on Tuesday, Monday, whatever day it was. It might have been Tuesday. The, there's been so much news that I have completely lost track of, of when we talked about him. But uh, there, the fit I'm not certain about, especially if Xavier Johnson comes back, but the talent is there. He's not a particularly efficient shooter or scorer. But if you're trying to kind of recreate a model similar to what Miami had, which Miami's in the final four, that's not a bad model to try to recreate. Having a guy like Caleb Love and Xavier Johnson is valuable. How many times did we see in that Miami game where it was different people driving to the rim and different people scoring at different times? So, Uh, and as Damon said, there's a decent chance that, uh, just a change of scenery will matter to Caleb Love. I mean, we, we talked about that with Tamar and Jordan Geronimo, that those guys probably did need a change of scenery after how frustrating that, um, their seasons played out. It was a frustrating season in UNC as well. That was a team that was ranked number one in the country and fell flat on its face They didn't even make the tournament, so uh, things clearly weren't working well there, I would say. Maybe coming off that disappointing year and entering the transfer portal and finding somewhere that uh, he wants to be is a little bit more, could lead to some better results, I would say. I think something this also would do is solidify Woodson kind of as a recruiter. If you get a commitment like Caleb Love, he's the biggest name in the transfer portal, and that is, is he the best player? Depending on the situation, but he is certainly the biggest name, and I think landing someone like him, that'll catch eyes. That'll make other recruits kind of look use way and think, huh, wonder what it is that is going on over there. Let me take a look. I also would say something I didn't discuss in that episode when we were talking about love. Look, if Caleb Love is committing here, I trust that Mike Woodson has kind of laid out what his role is going to be, what he expects of him, and that they're in agreement of what that role would be. If he comes here, the ball's probably going to be in his hands less. Him and Xavier Johnson both left a sacrifice in that regard. Again, we're kind of operating under the assumption Xavier Johnson's going to be back. I think he will be, but um, we... we. Uh, if if love is here, I think we would have a team that would have multiple weapons that could attack you offensively. And that's something that IU has lacked, especially on the perimeter. IU really has lacked that. Having multiple guys that can go get their own shot. There's, been, there's kind of moments and flashes. Xavier could do that. Then he basically missed two-thirds of last year. Jalen could do that he wasn't really healthy had those back injuries or spasms the first third of the year. And basically by the time he came back, Xavier wasn't there. And before those guys, it wasn't their last year's team, having multiple guys that could go get you a bucket. That's something I, you, I think has lacked in recent years. Is it the thing that unlocks this team most? Um, we'll see. This is certainly going to be a test for, Mike Woodson, both in, and he's certainly shaking up this roster and completely resetting what this roster looks like. So we're going to find out what his idea of a roster is for IU and what his coaching style is going to be. It sounds like it is going to change. We mentioned as well on top of Caleb Love, uh, Shedrick, Caden Shedrick is someone that, uh, the Hoosiers are still recruiting, maybe surprisingly. I thought it was an either or situation with Sparks and Shedrick. It is not. Uh, the IU was on a Zoom call with him on Wednesday evening after they land Sparks, well after they land Sparks. On one hand, it's a little surprising. On the other hand, IU has no front court depth right now. Malik Renew and Sparks are it, especially with Geronimo entering the portal, Trace, Race, Miller all leaving. Uh, you have Kayla Banks, Malik Renew, and Sparks. And Banks is more of like a 4-3, uh, a power forward that can maybe play on the, the wing a little bit as well. So in that regard, maybe it's not surprising. Look, competition breeds success. If they want to bring in multiple guys, have them square off for some playing time, so be it. We saw Malik can kind of play as a 4 a little bit. And if he really expands his range, maybe he can space the floor out even more. He flashed it at times this year. It didn't really do happen in the Big Ten season. Maybe IU views Malik as a four and someone that is able to do that and spread the floor out like that. Regardless, IU needs centers. so it was a um, maybe a little bit of a surprise for me that they enter, that he entered the portal but, or excuse me, that he was still being recruited out of the portal by IU, but it does, it does make a little bit of sense. I'll I'll get to some more of your comments here in just a minute. We also are going to talk about the women's team also having Keondra Brown enter the portal. We'll do all that here in just a moment. Let's take a look at, at what you guys are saying. I love the team this year. This is from John, but to me the most important missing thing was a sense of urgency and toughness. A total roster culture change was needed. Uh, we needed dogs like X, Malik, and Banks, Sparks. Uh, the sense of urgency was certainly there. There were way too many times IU came out completely flat. I should say the lack of sense of urgency. They came out completely flat, and especially in games that really mattered. I, I That Iowa game is one that's going to stick with me about from this season just as a kind of a microcosm of what this team was with all the opportunity in the world. They came out completely flat and just got ran out of the building in the final week of the season. I think that, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a fair point. The lack of a sense of urgency. Um, Caleb love would be a good addition, but he needs the ball in his hands a lot. And if we're transitioning to a four out one in offense, he'll need to be able to give up the ball. Some I agree. And and that's where my reservations are. Again, though, Mike Woodson's going to communicate that with him, that he's not going to have the ball. He had the he had a usage percentage close to what Trace Jackson Davis had last season, so he's not going to be able to do that if the offense is transitioning to something more modern. He's also not going to have the freedom to take as many shots as he had last year, especially at the rate that he was making them, or missing them, I guess would be a better way of explaining it he was not an efficient shooter last year he still is a very talented player and if you just kind of repackage some things maybe rein him in a little bit then yeah he is very much someone who is very talented and there's a lot of upside there you just gotta kind of work with it a little bit uh tony says we definitely need two shooters out of the portal nick timberlake is ideal in that regard there he was one of the only people uh that there was no update on on wednesday but there's a lot of competition there iu does need some shooters that's one thing they haven't really been linked to uh outside of timberlake too much yet we'll see how things shake out um we need galloway coming off the bench for that six man energy if i use at its best next season i don't dislike that thought and there was success with it Two years ago, with him being the sixth man and he can still close games, if you're coming off the bench with Galloway and Sparks as your sixth and seventh guys, yeah, that is a ton of energy. And when you come up at uh, those games against Iowa where your starters come out flat, you can put in guys like Galloway and Sparks and have that energy. I would say Galloway, I'm a proponent of putting your five best guys out there. Galloway was one of IU's five best guys last season. We'll see how things shake out in the transfer portal and how IU wants to set up offensively, but maybe not offensively, but just in terms of what they want to line up to look like. Because if you're getting Shedrick and Sparks, but you're not starting either either of them and you're starting Malik, I don't know how the minutes line up in, in that regard, so... It'll be interesting to see what the ultimate game plan is for IU, and but I, I don't disagree. Galloway as an energy man off the bench wouldn't be the worst thing. It's hard to have somebody start as much as he did last year and then move him to the bench would be the only dynamic I would be concerned about. He also has enough versatility. I could just see him being kind of a small forward type. It depends on what happens with Jamison Battle and Chris Ledlam as well. The two other guys that are are um in the in the portal and the Hoosiers are after. So uh, never thought I'd see a day where I'd miss uh <laughs> Devontae Green type. Yeah man IU needs more players like Devontae Green or James Blackman Jr. Just guys who are not afraid to get some shots up. That that I mean jokes aside, how much better would this team have been last year if you put Devonte green in for Tamar Bates in just the, the minutes he got. And so that's what IU is needed. Just guys who can go get their own shot and be that type of player. Caleb love can be that type of guy. We'll see if, uh, if he can step in and, and two guys we haven't mentioned, as Damon said, can't wait to see cups and uh, jakai Newton. Yeah. Those guys are going to factor into this somehow. Um, we'll see how much of the freshman curve there is for those guys. I think cups is going to be the backup point guard though. If Caleb love comes in, that changes some things as well, but I think cups is definitely going to see playing time. We'll see with, with Ja'Kai Newton. Uh, we saw with CJ Gunn that the transition isn't always the easiest coming out of college or out of high school into college. So we'll see how that shakes out. Let's wrap this up by talking about the women's team who saw Keandra Brown enter the portal. On Wednesday, I forgot what day it was. Someone who this season didn't really factor into uh, the Hoosiers really at all for a large chunk of the year. Uh, she only played nine minutes all season long. Injuries very much set her back, even before last season, or before this season, I should say. Injuries very much had been a factor in her availability late last year as well when she was far more productive and look, she was enormous for Indiana when McKenzie Holmes went down. I think the, the Purdue game right after McKenzie went down is kind of the highlight game of her career at Mackey arena in a game. The Hoosiers were struggling against Purdue. She plays 30 minutes, eight points, four rebounds, uh, IU was still learning how to play without Mackenzie Holmes and she was enormous in that game. And she w- was really important for the Hoosiers with Holmes out, but she had the injuries at the end of that season. Wasn't available much during the tournament, either conference or NCAA tournament and injuries kind of derailed things this year. She never really saw any meaningful minutes this season. The only time she did was, it was unfortunate that Michigan state game where it looked like a pretty serious injury she had in the big 10 tournament. And so she enters the portal. If she gets healthy, she can be a, a very impactful player for a mid major team or play a backup role for a, a good power six team. She did that for the Hoosiers when she was healthy. So she very much could have that role. But what this means for uh, the women is that another scholarship is opening up. And we talked about it after Mona entered the transfer portal. There are 15 scholarships available on the women's side. There's 13 for the men, 15 for the women. The women have a ton of openings now. To, to make some noise. And, and we talked Their starting five is pretty much ironed in outside of that. It is far more uncertain. So I, I can share the screen real quick and I'll share the men's screen with a scholarship situation here after this. But if you look at the, the women's side first, they have four open scholarship spots. Um, and, like we said, that starting five is a group that um, is locked in with Scalia, Parrish, Moore McNeil, Gerzon and McKenzie Holmes, but outside of that, there's room for minutes to be had, roles to be had. Uh, I stopped for a second to blow this up much bigger so you guys can see this uh, a lot easier, but uh, the women's team, Terry Morin has a lot of... Um, ammunition I guess to do some work you can see there that there's four openings and a lot of forward spots available that the Hoosiers have minutes for so we'll see if they make use of that I would imagine there's going to be news on transfers soon on the women's side if you take a look at the men's team they are now they I was going to say down to three um scholarships they started the day with three so you get a commitment and you have someone enter the portal means you're still at three scholarship spots you can see peyton sparks there has two years of eligibility as a junior uh, and then a senior next year the only junior on the roster you factor in cups and newton this is assuming xavier johnson is gets that medical hardship waiver Also, Jalen Huchofino is not coming back, but he hasn't officially announced it yet, so he's still on here. So, realistically, you're probably looking at four more scholarship spots. It's going to be a lot of movement in the coming days, weeks. I don't even know if it'll be weeks. I think it'll be days as all this plays out. So, we'll see what this IU roster looks like in a week's time. I think it's going to look drastically different. Big thanks to all you guys for making us either your first listener or joining this live stream. Just shattered records for the people in the live stream today. Make sure you guys are subscribed. If you're new here, click that subscribe button. We're uh, your one and only daily IU podcast. We're here no matter what throughout the summer as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Who knows what type of transfer news we'll have tomorrow? It feels like this is going to. Change on a day-to-day business, but we'll have all of it here for you tomorrow as well. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. Uh, Isaac and Andy are killing it over there. Final Four is coming up. They have everything you need in the final days leading up to that. Follow us on Twitter. If you have not already, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All that amazing stuff. You guys were awesome today. Appreciate all the comments. Uh, I want this always to be a discussion. So join in on these live streams. Uh, give your two cents and we can make this a discussion, but we'll be back tomorrow. As always, guys have a great rest of your week. And most importantly, LEO.